Hi guys, good morning. This is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing. Today I'm going to talk to you about Shauna Martin. Uh, she wrote about um, having a ministry in just an ordinary life and um, she lives in the northern part of Indiana. Uh, she's been married for 21 years and she has four kids and um, I guess she moved from a farmhouse to the city and and I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about her experience and what she has her what she writes about and um, she says I became kind of taken with this idea of everyone's life is ordinary to them even if it looks very different from person to person so what do we do with this one ordinary life that we've been given and she says even if you're rich or poor or anything in between she says it can you know even if you're rich your um life can still be ordinary because you get used to your life just the way it is and it just becomes ordinary and mundane because you're doing the same things in life over and over again. She says, what does it look like to pay attention wherever you're planted? So, oh yeah, that's really the bulk of what I write about now is, is what does it look like to steward or our ordinary lives well and that includes hospitality and that includes community and you know a lot of other layers that kind of come into it so that's basically what she writes about is how you can take your ordinary life and make it something uh different she says in her kitchen, she says, I will live and die in that little lane between my sink and my island. It's just where I exist. It's where I spend most of my time. I'm just cooking dinner and I'm doing all the things, all the things that, you know, a mother with a family, a woman with a family does. She just does all the things. Sorry about that got my hand in the camera um i'm just cooking dinner and i'm doing all the things that so many women and so many moms in particular are doing and so the call i guess that i found for myself you know once that adrenaline kind of flushed out of her system because she moved from the country to the city and settled in and now everything's ordinary again where it was a little bit exciting um flushed out of my system once everything wasn't new and exciting anymore i realized i still i'm still me with all my issues and quirks i'm just in a different place but i'm still me my family is still them life is still life how do i do this i think that's the question that we're all kind of asking wherever i am looks pretty just regular what am i supposed to be doing 
when you have what you feel is a everyday ordinary life, what is it that you're supposed to be doing? Okay. Um, sorry, guys. I'm just trying to ruffle through these pages here. She says, so the answer that I kind of felt like God was speaking into me and what I really believe God is speaking into all of us is to pay attention. It sounds so basic. It sounds basic to me that it was kind of like, okay, it was not what I was hoping to hear from God. It's not what I expected to hear, but I think there are just clues everywhere. No matter where we are, what life situation we're in, uh, whatever our ordinary looks like, if we can begin to really pay attention to our place, our actual physical place, whether that's a neighborhood or out in the country, whether the big city, overseas, um, just or any, just pay attention to your physical place and the people who are closest to us in proximity. And then beyond that, paying attention to just our regular lives. These details emerge to where we don't have to begin to feel like we've got to kind of run out of and think of a thing to do. We can begin to just respond to what's happening around us. We can kind of join into things that are already going on and kind of enter into those places. So as basic as it sounds, I think there's something to this idea of just keeping our eyes open and keeping our ears listening to how we can serve those around us, how we can be um, minister to those right here, right around us. I mean, it's kind of simple, you know, and I think the pandemic kind of uh, shifted that for some of us. Some of us had super busy lives and then the pandemic hit and then some of us naturally not everyone, but some were naturally able to just serve their neighborhood and serve their community, um, especially like when they the toilet paper was running short. You know, um, did you reach out to your neighbors and say, hey, if you need some toilet paper, come in, I'll share my toilet paper with you. You know, um, some of those things came natural to some, and some of us probably need to work on that a little bit more. But that's what Shauna reminds me of in this time that we're in right now. And uh, I did try to do some of that. I don't know that I did it extraordinarily, but um, I did kind of um, try to help my neighbors um, that I knew here. Um, but Let's see, what else does she um, want us to, what else does she talk about here? Um, well, I think of my role, she, Shauna says, as an author. Social media has a presence in her life, and often she thinks of authors and have met. she's met along the way kind of her colleagues, uh, her coworkers. And it can, she says, it has happened to her where 
she gets into this weird headspace of these are my friends and they all live scattered all over the country but they're and they're important to her but and dear to her but she says she kind of had to navigate that tension i guess of understanding i'm a big fan of online internet relationships she says i think they are real i think they are powerful i think it's such a great way to bring in new perspectives into our lives but also to really find people that we can connect with around certain things uh, she says you know, social media is great, but what about the people in our immediate real life areas of our life, our neighborhood, our community? For me, what I found over and over and over again is that when I find myself creeping into just a little bit of the unhealthy that can be associated with the internet, the solution is always to spend time with someone in my immediate circle in real life. So it's kind of this push and pull where the online stuff that is meaningful and important, it also kind of pushes me towards what is really even more essential is building lasting and enduring and authentic relationships with people around her, the people that live near her and in her community. So for me, and I am a huge fan of this, I have begun to just really quite literally look around me and say, who is nearby beyond just who is nearby you know you might be a little bit lonely who 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 looks a little bit lonely if we can begin to pay attention in such a way that we are identifying other people nearby they might not necessarily be our next door neighbors, but maybe they are, or uh, maybe they live in your community. Maybe they live just a few miles away, or maybe we have kids in the same preschool. Uh, I could go on and on, but finding those people nearby who we can just reach out and kind of go first, and that's really hard to be the first one to reach out. And, and, I have to say not just to those that look lonely because those that look lonely are obvious but you know there's a lot of people out there that go about their happy looking lives and they're not and they are lonely they just don't show it on the outside sometimes things don't work out when you go and initiate a relationship with someone you've never met before uh, she says, sometimes it doesn't work out, but sometimes beautiful friendships bloom in the most unlikely places because we're not just looking for people who remind us of us. And for as so long, that's what she said, um, Shauna said she did. And for so long, that's what she was taught to do. She says, maybe our people are just the ones that are near and maybe we have so much to gain by belonging to people who on paper we just would never imagine ourselves developing a relationship with but building meaningful relationships with people who are nearby it cannot be beat that has the kind of been the story of the pat of her past eight or nine years 
just building over time and it's slow work. She says, I'm inviting somebody new into my home or into my life or whatever, and it's going to be awkward. I'm going to be the source of a lot of awkwardness. So let's just, let's just accept that, that meeting new people is going to be awkward, but it's something that she feels we need to do. And, and it is something that we need to do, especially as God-believing people um, reach out and start a Bible study in your neighborhood, or, uh, you know, that's a good way to meet new people as well. So when she said, um, okay, so realistically, we are kind of feeling like, okay, everything about our lives changed. You know, jobs, our family, uh, kids, school, church, everything is different. But it is clear to us over time that we were really, it was going to be important for us to kind of lay that down as hard and painful as it was um, and to begin to just cultivate something new right there in their new community where they were, instead of holding on to their old community and all the friends from their old community, which they do hold on to and hold dear, and they keep those relationships, but they also felt it was very important to develop relationships in their new community right there where we are and we just got to the point of understanding that that's what we were going to have to do but then what then what okay how do you do that we don't need to overcomplicate things that much but we just started to look around and identify who do we know that might be feeling a little lonely in this way that we are and we ended up pulling together the strangest most wonderful. Now, this is where I think that this article gets good that I'm talking to you about. You know, I think sometimes because I'm sometimes reading an article to you that I have enjoyed and that I want to get across to you as my podcast audience, that sometimes um, something gets lost in that. But, um, so I want to make sure that if you got lost at the beginning of this podcast, this is the part that I think is the good part. This is the part that I impressed me that really makes me want to do better. Okay. So here we go. They, we, and we ended up pulling together the strangest, most wonderful, beautiful, complicated, dear combination of people that I never could have imagined. Remember, she said she had already felt like reaching out to people that were not the normal people that she reached out to. She says, I wasn't just reaching out to, because I like crafts, I reach out to people that like to do crafts. Uh, just because I like tea parties, I reach out to other people that love tea parties. Um, I'm just I'm just throwing these random things out. This wasn't in the article, but this is what I feel like she's saying. She didn't just reach out to people that she thought 
she only had something in common with. She started reach, they started reaching out to people, just all the people that they came across and not just the ones they thought they would find some common ground with. And that is what impressed me about this article because you often don't think like that. You want to find people that are like you that have the same interests. Um, and um, so I found that very interesting. You know, we were, she said, uh, we spanned every spectrum. We were not in the same phase of life. Some of us were married. Some of us had never been married. Some of us were divorced. Some had kids. Some didn't. You know, we all went to different churches. We had different political affiliations, very different jobs. Some people were just coming in after being incarcerated. So some people were rebuilding their life after that. It was just this wild conglomeration of people. And we started meeting together on Monday evenings. We said kind of it's important to eat together. We've learned that along the way. So just bring something. We did not pass around a sign-up sheet. We did not say you're in charge of main dish you're in charge of this. We so it was kind of like you never knew what you were going to eat. And I kept praying for the day. She says she prayed for the day that every single person would bring dessert, but it never happened. She says we named ourselves the misfits because we were like, you know, we all felt like we didn't quite fit in different ways and that group it was changed and the group has changed over the course of eight or nine years. You know, some people have left, some people have come in, but we're still going strong and it has become one of the, it's become one of the most meaningful constants in our lives where we just commit to coming together for two hours for Bible study. You know, we eat, then we go through a book of the Bible together and it's wild and we get off track and you know, all those things, but it began here in our home. It's not hosted here in our home anymore, but just like that uh, step being the one, but just taking that step being the one. And, um, Speaking of that, I want to let my listeners know um, here in the Harlingen area, I have a Bible study, a women's Harlingen Bible study on the fourth Saturday of every month. And uh, I would really like to invite you women uh, to come. But, uh, and I, I do make breakfast, but you're also welcome to bring whatever you want to bring to breakfast. So just finding those rhythms of connection, she says, being willing to invite people into our home when it might not be at all kind of up to our standards, because I know anytime I've walked into the home of a friend or another person and it's kind of a wreck every single time without exception, I just, Exhale, like, okay, 
if I can come into her space and it's a mess, then I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not. And I don't have to then go home and freak out like, okay, now it's my turn to have them over and everyone's got to be perfect. You know, we kind of over time, we kind of built up this idea that things have to be a certain way. And if we just take our foot off the gas a little bit, I think we all just feel a little bit better about it. Don't, in other words, don't worry about your home and don't worry about someone else's home when you do Bible study and accept each other right where their homes are and you can actually wind up being yourself more is what she's saying. So that Bible study that started off in my basement, our basement was completely unfinished. This is really, really good thing to think about here. She said her basement was completely unfinished, no drywall, nothing on the floors. We had big Walmart plastic tables with canned goods piled up on them like weird, creepy pantry. We put some 1980s couches down there. It was freezing cold, so we bought some Afghans at the Goodwill to bundle up in, and that's where we started our Bible study. And I think it just, you know, we accidentally set the bar really, really, really low, and it was, and it served us well. So just kind of that. I guess that would be one of my main points is bring the bar down. Everybody around you is going to appreciate that. She says, but the best suggestion that I've come up, uh, come up, and I'm sure there are better ideas out there, but sharing food is so meaningful to community and to hospitality in general. So if we can get it out of our heads that hospitality can mean so much more than inviting somebody into your home, it can mean dropping food off on somebody's porch. And I learned that as I learned most things from my neighbors who are her neighbors who are kind of, let's see, let me get my pages right. Name neighbors from the start of this, when everything was kind of really shut down. See, um, she wrote this article also during the pandemic. And since we're still in the pandemic, that's what her article makes me think about is, you know, have you dropped off a meal at someone's house during this pandemic? Uh, when everything was kind of really shut down, I wrote a post about this not long ago through my email newsletter. But all that I started keeping track of is all the gifts that people were leaving on our doorstep. And it just made me want to bawl. Just looking at this list of strange gifts that were stranger gifts that were exactly what we needed. So that to me has become a really natural way to extend hospitality. You know, when I'm cooking something, make a double batch and it's pretty basic. You know, this is not revolutionary, but I think it can kind of revolutionize the way we're feeling right now because I've been on the receiving end of it and I know how much it means to realize somebody is thinking of me and my family right now. It doesn't matter what we're bringing, but they're thinking of us. So to be able to extend that back. And I think that's so true because when I'm at my father-in-law's house in Austin, almost 
almost every single time we go visit my in-laws. Now, this was when my mother-in-law was also with us alive. Um, but even uh, it, it was before my mother-in-law passed away and now um, that she's passed. Every time we go visit my father-in-law, his next door neighbors bring over food. It may be a dessert or we will get there and they will have already brought him a pecan pie or some food. Um, neighbors taking care of neighbors. It's so impressive. And we have such a um, sweet spot for those neighbors because they are taking care of our family members just out of the kindness of their heart. And they've developed relationships and connections. So that is to me has become a really natural way to expend extend hospitality. Um, so she also says, because what people want is that community and connection, not, you know, you didn't come to admire, they didn't come to admire your house. I think we can get um, into this mode of kind of connecting our home with who we are. Uh, our home is not us. It's not who we are. It's an extension of our personality and our, what we like, but it's not who we are. But the truth is, I'm, I'm just not a super organized and perfect tidy all the time, she says. So if I really want my home to reflect me, then I need to leave some honesty in that as well. And when we begin to just invite people into our homes, when they're pretty imperfect, we lose this attachment to only inviting people over when our homes are perfect. And that is definitely a, a, a problem. But you know, also you can look at the flip side of this. This is, this is me now speaking. You don't want your house to be nasty either because then no one feels welcome. So it, you know, having it be a little disheveled and a little messy and a little dusty and, and just um, lived in, lived in should never make you feel uh, ashamed of having someone in your home. But um, you don't want to go to either extreme. You don't want it to be perfect, perfect, perfect where everybody feels like they can't be comfortable and be themselves and you don't want it to be absolutely nasty and filthy and you know food stuck on walls food stuck on the tables food stuck on your dishes you know just you want it to be clean it doesn't have to be it can doesn't always have to be tidy but it does have to be clean or people won't feel um comfortable or welcomed in your home at all so i just wanted to add that in um, yeah, if we begin to just kind of orient our lives around this idea of come as you are, we say that to people and I think we mean it. I think we really mean it when we say it, come as you are. But if we meant that, then we have to also mean we will arrive just as we are. And that is most days for me, pretty imperfect. So I can... 
I can kind of make that agreement that we're just go going, you know, some days are better than others and some days are kind of a hot mess. And that's what real authentic community that we need and depend on. That's what that looks like. It's just saying, here I am, take me or leave me, but please take me. You know, I think we resist being the needy one, but that's one of those other things that just kind of sets that bar low again. I learned from my neighbor who came to me and said, you know, in a panic, can you please, we didn't know each other that well. She's a nurse and said, is there any way you can watch Olivia for a little bit? So what I want that taught me was, okay, that means I can go to her when I need something. If she's coming to me and feels comfortable with me in need, then I can be comfortable when uh, I'm in need. I think we all want the same things. We all want to be trusted and loved and welcomed. So I've taken what I learned from Heather and I've kind of made that my go-to. Like if there's something Body, I want to get to know. Maybe I ask for help, whatever help might look like in that particular time, and that builds relationships. Well, that's a good, an interesting take, too, because I'm not very good. That is definitely something that I'm not very good at is asking for help. I will give help any day of the week. But I am not very good at asking for help. So, um, well, I think that is all that she says in this article. So let me do a little review for you just in case, um, you know, sometimes I worry about the way I um, translate these articles, so I always like having the little review sheet that I have here to uh, clear up any areas where I uh, might have either talked too fast or didn't explain myself well enough. But Shauna Martin, Ministry of Ordinary Places, says everybody's life is ordinary to them, even if it looks very different from person to person. So what do we do with this one ordinary life that we've been given? What do we do? Ask yourself that. All of us have this life to live. So what are we doing with it? Sometimes we make it way, way complicated. And she's saying it's not that complicated. Keep your eyes, just keep your eyes open and your ears listening and join into the things that are already going on around you. And it may be at work and it may be in your neighborhood. It may be in your community, but just paying attention to what goes on around you and join in wherever I where uh, Wherever I am looks pretty kind of regular. What am I supposed to be doing? So the answer that I kind of felt like God was speaking into me and what I really believe God is speaking into all of us is to pay attention. We talk about find your people. Maybe our people are just the ones that are near and maybe we have so much to gain by belonging to people who on paper we just would not ever imagine ourselves um, 
having a relationship with, be willing to accept awkwardness, be able to invite somebody new into your home or life and realize it's going to be awkward and just accept that. If you're an introvert, especially, it's going to be awkward. Even if you're an extrovert, it's going to be awkward until you actually develop your relationship and get to know each other and find something to talk about. But embrace it and don't let it be a barrier. Bring the bar down. Realize your house doesn't have to be perfectly straight and neat to invite someone over. Everyone will appreciate that and feel more comfortable, relaxed, like they can be themselves. First, you have to know what you need. Once you know what you need, finding a way to get that need met is often easy. Look around you and see who is nearby and beyond just who is nearby. See who might be a little bit lonely. Be willing to take that first step. Be the first one to initiate the relationship. Instead of thinking, I would love to be invited or I would love to be included, turn it around and be the one that includes others first. A great tip for getting started in connecting with those people around you is to ask for help. To be the one that shows up at your neighbor's door and asks for help with something. Hospitality can mean so much more than inviting somebody into your home. It can mean dropping food off on someone's porch. It is just letting people know you are thinking about them. Yes, you know, it makes you feel um, really great when people think about you. I was awakened this morning by an elementary school looking for someone that does balloons because their principal or assistant principal knew that I used to do parties. Well, I never did balloons because I did tea parties and never thought balloons and tea parties were the direction I wanted to go. But what did I do? I got on Facebook and I found a whole list of people they could contact for balloons. That's just how I, I mean, I was just, I thought it was great that they thought of me. I, if someone thinks about me, how much better, I mean, what, that is just, I mean, I don't know. It leaves me speechless. I am always touched when someone feels like I have something that they, that could help them. And I, uh, maybe that's why I'm in the organizing business is because I know when I, even though they're paying me, I know that they're paying me to do something that is in my heart that I enjoy doing and that they really need. I enjoy meeting that need and I do try to do my best to figure out how that need can be met personally for them. And but anyway, I I I got a little long-winded talking about me here at the end. But, you know, that is the reason I do the things I do is because I want to help people. 
and um, and even though I have to make a living just like anyone else, I can't, you know, um, my heart is still to help the person that is paying me. I don't do it, you know, you know, I don't do it because I just need the money. I do it because I have a heart for the job and what it is for that person that needs me. So anyway, I will end here and I will say thank you for listening. Oh, I did want to read one more thing from Shauna Martin. And uh, it says, a benediction for today. May you go out into this new day warmed by the fire in your bones. May you come to see walking shoes, soup spoons, minivans, and wrinkled hands as worthy tools for the kingdom. May you crave low places, the messy, the boring, the overlooked, the complicated. May you grow comfortable with grit in your teeth. May you see God's presence in the moon, God's glory in the clouds, and God's goodness in the faces around you. And may you find your shelter in the untamable garden of community, God's kingdom on earth, right where you are planted. Grace and peace be with you. Shannon Martin and I'll leave information below in the description about her so you can um, look at more of what she uh, has to share with you. All right guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'll see you on the next one.